The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Do you ever feel burned out? Do you ever feel like that you just need a break? And if you don't get one, you're going to go a little bit crazy. Today, we're going to talk about that feeling and how it's part of everything in our lives, but we don't give it a special name. Yet, when we experience this in writing, we call it writer's block. We give it so much possession over us that we think that it's some supernatural force that we can't overcome, but that's simply not true. So let's get started with today's story, which is going to be about something called compassion fatigue. I did uh, missionary work for seven years. I did uh, almost two years of training for it. And when you are with people who are suffering every day, and you're right there alongside them, trying to help them, trying to support them as they're going through suffering, you get something that's actually called compassion fatigue. And you have put all of these uh, things on you to the point where you can't keep being compassionate anymore because you're kind of broken. You need a break and you need a refresher. And I definitely got that when we were working in Athens, Greece, and sometimes I would just need to take a break. And at that time, I didn't know uh, that compassion fatigue was a thing. I just felt like a horrible human being because I kept giving, 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 and then I would just like have some kind of a nervous breakdown, a mini nervous breakdown, or sometimes a not so mini nervous breakdown. And I thought there's something wrong with me. And then I learned that this is compassion fatigue. And uh, it's basically like the writer's block of compassion workers or people who work uh, in social uh, endeavors. And so it's one of those things that you are working, 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 and then you get tired. And then you have to figure out a way to recharge or uh, refocus and so that's a real thing, compassion fatigue. You can look it up. And then I realized, oh, that's basically what writers get. And they call it writer's block. And so, like, let's say that I get tired of cooking and cleaning and helping with homework and dealing with sibling fights and da-da-da-da-da. I don't call it mom's block because I can't stop being a mom. I'm a mom no matter what. Even if I'm having a rough time, I can't just push a giant pause button and uh, go be by myself for a few minutes. Although when my kids were little, I did actually used to lock myself in the bathroom for five minutes if I felt like I was going crazy, uh, just for everyone in the house's safety, for my own mental well-being, so that I could just like calm down and refocus and 
basically do like a quick meditation so that I could go back out and be with all the toddlers all around me. Uh, this was when I was a really young mom. And even then the kids would try to come into the bathroom with me. And sometimes I would just be like, I just need five minutes, you guys. And that is what I'm going to recommend you do for writer's block. So here's the thing. Is writer's block real? It's a valid question. And to answer it very simply, I would say yes and no. (laughs) Right? That was such a simple answer. If you feel that writer's block is some superstitious force that's working against your creativity, I would say no, that's not real. If you think that writer's block is caused by life fatigue or writing fatigue, then I would say yes, that can happen. But... There are ways that you can actively fight against it. Just like if you have compassion fatigue, you can uh, do some things that are good for your own personal wellness that will help you to rest and that way you don't keep that fatigue with you. Or if you're the mom of toddlers and you think you're going to go insane and you lock yourself into the bathroom for five minutes, you know, okay, assuming the house is safe, right, for the kids. Uh, Not that you're leaving your kids in danger, but you leave them in a safe area so you can have five minutes to recharge and like meditate, like I said. So we need to take those ideas and transfer them into writing. And it's not that hard to do unless you're like me and you feel like if you're not doing uh, progressive things every single day that you're a huge failure. I mean, I used to feel that way all the time. I don't feel that way all the time anymore because I've realized I can't sustain functioning when I think that. So these are some things that I've implemented in my own writing career so that I don't get, uh, air, you know, scare quote, writer's block, so that I don't get writing fatigue, we'll call it. And if I'm feeling like I can't write, I will do something else. I will watch a movie that's inspiring. I will go for a walk with my husband around our neighborhood. That one always helps me because I see things outside. Uh, And if you've seen the music, uh, the movie Music and Lyrics with Drew Barrymore and Hugh Grant, she talks about how like she's blocked. And he's like, well, let's just finish. And she's like, I can't. And she's like, we need to go outside. When you go outside, you see things and you feel things. And you know, you smell things and all these different, she's 100% right, even though she's a character, because she's, she's based, uh, you know, on realistic thoughts of human beings, uh, which we talked about in the previous episode, where we're talking about making realistic characters. And so the Drew Barrymore's character is right. If you feel that you are really stuck, and you want to write, but you feel like you can't go do something else for 5, 10, 20 minutes and be inspired by whatever that other thing you're doing is. Or if I'm feeling, sometimes if I'm feeling stuck, you know what I do? I go read because reading reminds me why I love writing and it helps me to get ideas. I'm just careful to not read cross, like if I'm writing fiction, I don't read fiction. If I'm writing nonfiction, I don't read nonfiction because then I get stylistically influenced and I don't want my style to morph into someone else's style halfway through a project and then morph slowly back into my style. I want to stay in my style the entire time. And if you haven't figured out what your style is yet, the only way to figure it out is to keep writing. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's literally the only way you can do it. If I figure out some shortcut, 
Like I've tried to figure out shortcuts for every other writing thing. If I figure out a shortcut for that, I'll let you know. But so far I have not. Um, so you have to do something else that inspires you that's not writing. But then this this is the thing. I feel like a lot of writers will say they have writer's block when they just don't feel like writing. And that's not the same thing as being blocked for words. Not feeling like writing or writing in an uncomfortable <laughs> mindset is not actual writer's block. It's part of being a writer. Uh, it's that thing that James Clear talks about at the end of Atomic Habits. Are you okay being bored? Are you okay being uncomfortable? There are points in every single project that I'm working on where I just would rather not do that part of the project, whether it's because I'm in a bad mood or it's because I don't like that part. Uh, you know, <laughs> it depends. It depends on, it changes all the time. And so you have to be able to write through being uncomfortable. And the only way that you can do that is to make yourself do it. And I know that doesn't sound fun, but it's actually really productive. Uh, and so like when I get to certain parts of nonfiction projects, like when I used to write the Christian self-help type of books, and I would have to sit and do, uh, you know, a whole chapter of commentary on scripture where I'm doing, uh, where I'm basically teaching the Bible and I have to like justify every single thought with biblical research and all that stuff. To me, that gets exhausting. Maybe that's why I didn't end up becoming a Bible teacher because for some people that's like, they love it. That's their thing. For me, I always liked writing the story part of those books, <laughs> which makes sense with what I'm doing now uh, as a storyteller and a proponent for storytellers. So looking back now, I can see, okay, that makes sense that why I ended up going into non-Christian, uh, non-fiction and why I'm writing just normal fiction because I don't really like writing all the Bible parts of those books, and I don't really write those books anymore, but uh, also when I was writing the Write This Way workbook, I felt uncomfortable because I had never made a workbook before, and now that I finished that, I look at it, and I'm like, oh, it's so nice, and it's going to help so many writers do learn to do these things without all the crazy, horrible things I had to go through as a writer, so that's awesome. But it was really uncomfortable to write it because I just wasn't sure that what I was doing uh, would actually help. And Maria and I ended up deleting huge chunks of the workbook, by the way, where she was like, I'm not sure that this works when she was editing. And I'm like, I also don't know if we need to talk about that right now. And in the end, I just ended up deleting all of those sections. And so would I say that it was a waste to feel that uncomfortable and at the end have to delete parts of that? I would say no, because I grew. It made me grow as a writer and as a teacher. And I guess now as a curriculum maker, because that's basically what I'm doing is I'm making a new curriculum for writers. And that's part of any job is you have to do the things that make you feel uncomfortable. And if you want to write as a career or you want to basically finish any writing project, there will be parts of it that make you feel uncomfortable. So you have to basically set yourself mini goals and then give yourself uh, like recharge chunks of time doing something that you know will help you want to get through that uncomfortable part. For me, 
I don't allow myself to work on the cover of a book until I am finished editing it because editing takes a long time. And even though I really like editing for the most part, by the time I'm on my third round of edits for any project, I just can't stand it anymore. I forget why I was so passionate about this topic at the fir- in the beginning. And the thing that gets me through is that uh, my other, you know, creative self who likes to make graphic art is like, yes, the cover is coming. As soon as you finish this and you send it off to your copy editor, you will be able to make the cover of this book. So that's how I set it up for myself. And you need to figure out what works for you. But I don't think that the idea that writer's block is like a physical, tangible thing that can assert its will against you is is real. I think that what writers experience is fatigue, which is what every other person experiences in every other part of their lives, and they just have to push through it. But because writers kind of give writer's block like its own voice and its own person, we feel like we have no control over the situation. That's not the case. You always have control over the choices that you make. Uh, Like Hogarth says in Iron Giant, you are who you choose to be. And you can choose to be someone who works hard even when they feel uncomfortable. And you can also choose to be someone who, when they feel stuck, when they feel they don't even have the words, they have a list of things that they can do that make them able to write again and have ideas again. And so for me, that's reading a book of the opposite thing that I'm writing, uh, like, you know, nonfiction versus fiction, taking a walk with my husband and hashing out the detail or just talking about literally anything else. Sometimes talking about the project more makes it worse. So I avoid talking about the project because I want to uh, give my mind a break. And then later on, the thing will resolve itself in my brain and then I'm up at 2 a.m. writing myself a note on my phone. That's normally how that works. Um, And, oh, because I have insomnia. So it's not that I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, I have this great idea to fix this problem. It's that I'm awake at night because I actually can't sleep and I figure out the, the problem. So sometimes it's just sitting in my thinking chair which I've talked about before. I have a chair in my room that I call my thinking chair and I sit in that chair and I either journal in my personal journal or I just think. And thinking about things helps me figure out it's a problem solving. That's all it is. Writers want to make, you know, I think some people want to make the problem solving that a writer does seem more, uh, you know, enigmatic or magical you know it's not it's just problem solving so that means you actually have to sit and think about the problem and you can figure out an answer so that's one of the things I do is I sit in my thinking chair Um, I also will just take a break like I could work every day and still keep going because that's how I am I'm a workaholic but some I've made it a point now to take at least Sundays off. I try to take weekends off. That does not always work out. But I at least take Sundays off. And when I do that, I don't talk about, or I try not to talk about my writing projects. I try not to think about them. That way, when I show up in my office, 
on Monday morning, I have a fresh brain that can approach these problems from a different perspective and also a well-rested brain. And I have, you know, I plan all my projects out. So I have these guides, da 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 da, da these main plot points. But uh, so that keeps me on track. But sometimes my brain just needs rest. And sometimes your brain just needs rest. And putting more pressure on yourself to write better or whatever else you want to say, that's not actually going to help you be able to break out of this block that you're feeling where you don't think you can write words. The only way for you to do that is uh, to feel like you've rested and that you and that you have, uh, you know, recharged creatively. And so also one of the things that I'll do is I'll look at art. I bought this uh, complete history of Guardians of the Galaxy comic guide yesterday, and I was just looking through the commentary inside and the different art inside, and it, I felt really inspired, and I was just doing it for fun, but I thought, you know, next time I'm feeling like I can't figure out what should come next in my story or in the scene, uh, maybe I'll just come look at this book because I'm finding it very inspiring. So you can figure out what those things are for you. And if you feel stuck, one of the best things to do is talk to someone who loves you, who knows what will recharge you, and they can give you some ideas that maybe you won't think of yourself, or to talk with other creative people about how they recharge, and you'll be able to either uh, steal, friend, <laughs> friendly steal their ideas, <laughs> Uh, or, you know, adapt those ideas into something that works for you. So, no, writing, writer's block as this mythical creature that's vehemently fighting against you so that you can't create art, that's not a real thing. And that's something that a lot of writers create in their head. But fatigue is real, and there are things you can do to actively fight against it. And that's what I'm recommending. And that's how you're going to get to the point where you can keep using your expensive words, uh, be able to rest, refresh, and then keep going even more. To And just take that sprint, rest, sprint, rest approach until you get to the end of your project. So I hope that next time you feel scared <laughs> about writer's block or you feel intimidated by it, that you'll remember the things that we talked about right now and that you'll be able to actively, creatively recharge and fight against the idea that your writing is out of your control because it is absolutely in your control. You are who you choose to be. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. <laughs>